All right, welcome to Seminole Sidelines. You got the old man here, and uh, KB is out there someplace. He's going to join us here in a couple of minutes. Uh, what a wild week uh, it has been uh, in uh, college football uh, all over the country. But, you know, I mean, first of all, this is the first time, uh, except on Twitter, that we've had an opportunity to go ahead and talk about uh, the loss, uh, the, the big loss that Florida State took this past Saturday, okay? And that, that loss was the loss of our leader, uh, Jordan Travis. Uh, you know, I, I mean, we've got to start the program tonight, KB, with talking about Jordan Travis what that loss means, what he's meant to this program uh, overall. And before we can get into anything else, because it's our first opportunity to talk together, except when we've been talking offline, obviously, since Saturday, to, to really address this issue. Uh, you know, in my, in my heart, in my head, it's this kid has done everything right, and the game bit him in the end. And that's the nature of this game. It's such a physical and violent contest that anything can happen. And Jordan's had some uh, uh, injuries here and there in his career, but this one was a college career ending injury for him. And, you know, the sportsmanship we saw on the field between the two teams, uh, Florida State, I think, was down 13 to nothing, 14 to nothing. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, they came back, blew out Northern Alabama, but at the time, it did matter. It was devastating, not only for Jordan Travis and what he, what he was the leader of this team. He, in my mind, despite all the stats he has put up that will cement him into the history of this program, what he brought to this program was he resurrected this program over the past two seasons at least, and put Florida State back on the map without his leadership and his contributions. And that's not to discount all the other players because it takes more than one player to make a program. But we have to say it is a big loss, but personally, it's hard to see him go down at this point of his career. Uh, KB, I can't hear you, so I don't know if you're on the air or you're not on the air. It's, you know, this is kind of like the start the other night of the Saturday game for us. Uh, I, I don't know if you're broadcasting or not. I don't even know if I'm broadcasting or not. If someone's out there that can hear us, send us a note real quick. You should be able to hear me now. You okay, I got, you, yes, I, I got you now. Okay, I've go ahead. I've my real job, and this doesn't pay my bills. So, no. like you said, you said it perfectly. I'm not going to be able to say anything that hasn't been said a hundred times on Twitter already has you like you already said it, it sucks that it happened um but these things happen this is what he signed up for and that's he played hard because he knew that it could happen um it doesn't take away from every anything that he's done for this university and he's done for himself I think the bigger thing that than anything else is that he grew he put in you know you could say he took Florida State from the doldrums that brought him brought him back to relevancy absolutely true but I think seeing the what he should always look back on is the growth of him as a player. I mean, and you heard it repeated time and time again on ESPN, da da da. But this is a guy that between the transition from Mike Norvell, between Willie Tackett and Mike Norvell, was looking at potentially quitting football or switching positions at the quarterback because he was that low personally in himself and his belief and his confidence. But he stuck with it, he put the time in. And that is a skill set that he will be able to apply in life outside of football, in developing whatever business skills, whatever he wants to do in his life. And that may be going after he comes back. And he, if he wants to go to the pros, that that type of mentality, type of mindset, the type of commitment to uh, to getting better is going to be bigger than football, ultimately. So I think, if anything, that's what he should look back on. That should be his legacy is how 
he turned out to be a player that none of us expected. And I don't think anyone expected him to be the leader in so many categories of quarterback that he is today, right? I, I didn't expect it from three years ago, four years ago, to what he is today. I, I thought two years ago that we would have to. Remember, they brought in Mackenzie Milton, right? They brought in other guys because they weren't sure if he was going to pan out. Yeah, he was behind he, James Blackman and I mean, the rest of those And guys. so for fans to say, oh, I saw it. I saw it three years ago. Yeah, no. Many majority no. did not, but he put the time in. He had a coach that did actually say, "No, I believe in you. You will get there. It'll take time, but you will get there." And they both believed in each other. He believed in himself. He put the time in, and I think that's ultimately what he should be remembered for is what the time effort he put in. Because through this injury, he will put that time in. He will get better. He will heal, and he will take that same commitment, that same willpower, and apply it to whatever is next for him. And that's how I will remember him as a guy that battled. He gritted through it all, gritted through the tough losses, the tough seasons in Boston we are today. So that, that's how I will remember him. So Yeah, I, I think that's good. And I think what we'll cover a li- little bit later in our program, the transition uh, at quarterback and how it uh, is going to go into this Gator game. But for right now, the big news out there that just broke is that Florida State has been dropped, has been dropped from number four, to number five, I just saw that you. I, I assume you saw it. I know you've yeah. been working on your other career, and I don't know if you saw it. What's yeah. your reaction to that? Then I'll give you mine. I don't think it's unexpected. Um, I, I think I think for you anyone to be surprised by this, it, it has to be a little bit kind of naive to not expect this. Um, and yeah, it is what it is. And, and this is what the motto should be for this team: is control what you can control at this point, right? You can't control injuries. Injuries are going to be a part of football. They suck, but they are going to be a part of football. Control what you can control. You can control your preparation. You can control how you execute plays. You can control your effort. Go out there and control the things you control. You can't control the attitudes of the committee right now. You can't control their decision-making. What you can control is you go on the field and you beat Florida's ass on Saturday. What you can control is going to Charlotte and beating Louisville's ass next two weeks from now. Control those things. Control your effort. Control the way you play football, the way you execute. That's what I would be telling these guys. I would say ignore ESPN. Ignore all the media sites and all the Twitter people because they're going to try to distract you from what you can control. You can't control the committee, but you can control what you do every single day heading into Saturday. That, that's what I would say. Yeah, I you know, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm kind of an old school guy that at – and I'm sure Coach Norvell and the other coaches now have, after Saturday's injury, we started off very slow. We scored 57, 58 consecutive points. We missed uh, beating the spread by half a point, I think. It, it, all of that doesn't matter. You got the win. You lost your quarterback. You had Sunday to ponder all that and, 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 and everything. But come Monday... You have to keep going. An army of men, and and this is an army. This is a war they're fighting in a way, okay? A football war. And that is you have to refocus and you have to get back out there to finish, hashtag finish, everything that you've worked for, everything that Jordan Travis worked for, and everything everybody else on this team has worked for. And so you cannot have anything as an excuse. If you want to use Jordan Travis's injury as an excuse now for not playing well, you're making a big mistake. And he doesn't want to carry that burden because you couldn't get it done because he is not there. You have the ability. There is no doubt in my mind, just like you said, you go out and you win the game and you dominate as best you can against the opponent in front of you, the rest of it will take care of itself. We're not going to sit here and yell and scream that we're number five, okay? I, You know, it, there's too much subjectivity in this. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But it's it, to me, it's it doesn't matter, and I agree with you. Just play football the way you know how to play football, and there's no reason... And, I, and I've been pondering on this the last few days. There's no reason you shouldn't beat the Gators at the Swamp, and there's no reason you shouldn't beat Louisville in Charlotte. 
Yeah. And, and we'll discuss that. Do you want to go into that right now? Because we're going to discuss that uh, amongst other things. You yeah. Just transition right into that. Yeah, I think we'll mix and match it a little bit together. I, I, I think that I think this team is solid. And, and we're talking now about the transition to Tate Rodemaker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tate Rodemaker has been in this program for over four years. Okay. He, he's been in this program. It's not like he's a freshman. He understands the offense. If he doesn't understand the offense now, he's never going to understand the offense. He came in, he lit up the scoreboard against a cream puff. Okay. That's basically what it was, but he did it under very adverse situations. They were already down on the scoreboard. The crowd was emotionally out of it because of Jordan's injury. He could have had every reason not to rally the troops, but he did rally the troops. I thought he looked sharp at yeah. most of his plays. Okay, I thought he looked sharp. I was a little concerned about, he. you know, he's kind of the classic drop back, stand in the pocket guy. Uh, he runs, no, wait a minute, yeah. he runs, and I like that aspect but I thought he was holding the ball a little too long. Now, somebody will say, well, he's going to stand in there and take the punishment and deliver the football. Now, my concern is not him standing there long, is can this offensive line protect him as long as he would like? But when he lets that football go, it is on a rope, brother. Yes. It yep. is a strike. He has a stronger arm than it looks like physically. And he throws the ball very hard. And, and, and so I, I don't have any concerns really about his decision-making or his ability to throw the football or his ability to pick out and run and take eight to, eight to 10 yards. My concern for the next two games is really can the offensive line step it up, okay? Because I do believe the next two games will be a function of how well the guys play in the trenches, offensive line and defensive line. That's what it's going to come down to in my estimation. I, I would definitely agree with you there. I think, you know, what he had, you know, like you said, he's a redshirt junior. This is a guy that's been in the system for a while. He should know how to run more of Yale's offense, and it, and it feels like that. He was able to come in and orchestrate it pretty seamlessly. He was able to find the guys. He was able to operate the offense, which is good. Two years ago, we couldn't say that, right? He, As Fabian Lovett called him today, and the, they said, how do you feel about Tate? And he's like, I feel good about him, but we used to call him pick six Tate because he used to throw so many inter interceptions in practice. And we and that's why we used to be nervous about Tate because when he got on the field in those in those chances, he he did look confused and and now you see a different confidence from him and that's because he's been in the system for so long given you know he hasn't gotten to play a lot but we saw it in the louisville game last year we saw the poise he had in the pocket the thing that you don't get when you're sitting on the bench is that you don't get you know that pressure in the pocket you, you're not used to that pocket collapsing on you constantly you get that maybe in practice but when you're not playing fcs school when you're playing a florida on saturday you're going to it's going to be under live fire like you say, you're going to have to be able to have a pocket presence when the blind side's collapsing on you. Or, you know, how do you move up in the pocket? I saw a couple times last week he was good about stepping up in the pocket and delivering the football. And again, to your point, he does have a better arm power-wise than Jordan Travis does. There, there's, no, there's no debate about that. He does have a cannon for an arm. Um, we just have to see how does that actually look? How, how does he how does he find receivers down the field because he doesn't have relationships like he does like Jordan did with uh you know Keon Coleman or Johnny Wilson who is going to be his receiver it looks like his go-to receiver was Jaheim Bell I think they played in high school together they so did. they had that relationship so he's going to have to find who his guys are and, and reestablish those relationships with those receivers again so I think that's a little bit of a distinction but I absolutely think he'd go in there and absolutely win these next two games at a minimal because I think we saw that he has the ability to deliver the football. It's not like you're having to put a freshman in there who's still figuring out how to be confident on the field. And this guy can run. This guy, he showed a little bit of athleticism on, on Saturday where he had to break the pocket. He saw nothing open. It'll be, does he decide when to run at the right time? 
will he not sit back in the pocket for too long for four or five seconds and then get sacked? He's going to have to develop that pocket presence, that pocket sensing a lot quicker because he hasn't been on the field in a while. And come Saturday, Florida's going to be bringing the pressure. They are going to force it into some difficult decisions, and it will be up to him to keep play clean football because that's the one thing Jordan Travis was excellent at this year. He didn't throw interceptions. He kept that he kept loud special teams to flip the field. He allowed Mastromano to kick the ball down, pin them deep many, many times this year. Tate Rodemaker will have to play clean football for us to win these next two games. I, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said, but I think we're putting, I think as fans, we're putting too much emphasis that it's just going to be the weight of the world is on Tate. Okay. I, I think, you know, I've never been a big believer in Tate. You know that. I mean, you've got receipts on me saying I was concerned for the last two seasons what would happen if Jordan went down. And unfortunately, he's gone down and he's gone down in a big way. I was never convinced now that that Tate, number one, was the guy because he hasn't had that many reps, okay? He had the good game against Louisville, and he had this whole game against Northern Alabama, but that's a different style of competition now. So he is getting past the torch under, under the situation of everything's at stake. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable. You couldn't write a movie like this for, for Tate Rodemaker. However... I feel more confident with him now after this one game on Saturday, maybe I'm fooling myself, that if the rest of this team, the rest of this team does their jobs, KB, and I'm talking about everybody from special teams, defense, offense, and and most importantly, that offensive line, I have less confidence in them than I do in Tate, okay? Because the offensive line must have the, the games of their careers the next two games, okay? They owe it to Tate Rodemaker. They owe it to Jordan Travis, and they owe it to themselves in this team that they are going to take the challenge and nobody is going to touch our quarterback. Nobody is going to touch our quarterback and, and give him time to let him do the best he can. And I'm sure the game plan, KB, is going... I don't think it's going to be uh, simplified. He understands no, no, the no. whole damn playbook. No, it's not going to be simplified. And, and what I'm saying is, let him do what he does best. Let him play the way he wants to play. And we, as fans, okay, should not compare him to any other quarterback, much less Jordan Travis. This is now the Tate Rodemaker show. Okay? Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. And so let's give him our support. Let's give him our trust and wish him the best of luck. But whether it's a win or a loss, it will not be by him alone. Yeah, I agree with that. Everyone has to play at their top. Though I, I also think we have to remind ourselves, this is this guy's also the incumbent for next year. So this is a four-game, you know, you may not, I hate it's under these circumstances, but this is this is also his tryout for, for next year. Uh, essentially, you've got four games, you know, two, minimum three, you know, depending on how things go, to see how he looks uh, under quality, uh, you know, quality competition, Florida, Louisville, and whatever these next playoffs are bold. And so, you know, we're going to see what he's made of. And I think at this point in his career, he needs to be ready to play. I don't, I don't care about how many snaps he's had. Da, da, da. He's a, he's been in this program for three and a half years, waiting for this moment being developed. And I do trust that if he wasn't ready for this moment, Mike Norvell wouldn't have kept him this long. Mike Norvell's had chances to bring backups in, to look at other players, tell him to go away and go transfer somewhere else. But he kept him for this reason. And I have to trust that Mike Norvell thought that if something happens or come next year, when it's his time, that this is the guy I want leaving this program. By all these signs, I have to trust Mike Norvell's opinion on this. Because this guy has worked with quarterbacks 
who have not been draft quarterbacks, right? Riley Ferguson and Brady White at Memphis. He made those guys, he he made those guys work in the system really well. And those guys use that offensive system to their benefit. And I think that's what he that's why he likes Tate, because Tate can work his system well. He's got a great arm, he's got a big arm. And I think he likes what he has. And I don't, tr- I trust that Mike Norvell, if he didn't see the things he liked, he would have found somebody this past year in the portal to be that backup while we have these freshmen, these younger guys in between. Yeah. Because you're not playing Brock or Duffy this year, right? Uh, uh, Norvell has liked Tate for a long time. He, I, you know, he tried to recruit him when he was at Memphis. Yeah. He had his sights on him. Okay. Exactly. Uh, Tate won a, a, a Georgia State championship. This is his moment, okay? This is the moment that he's been preparing for. But let's talk about and make sure it's understood. He does not carry the game on his shoulders alone. If our defense stands up, and I'm hearing all this glamour now about our defense and about Adam Fuller, it's time for those guys to take over the game. The defense, the best defense on Saturday will ultimately win the game. Now, Florida, we don't know what kind of defense they'll show up with. They'll Sometimes they show up and they look like Pro Bowls, Pro Bowl stars. Sometimes they show up and they look like Pee Wee football team on defense. But let's not... Let's not fool ourselves. Much like Miami, they have quality athletes. Whether they're well-coordinated on the defensive side seems to be from Saturday to Saturday. But I expect in a state rivalry game, and because the Gators have a lot on the line, they want to go to a bowl game, and they want to get the swag bags, and they want to have a good time, they need win number six. They didn't get it against Missouri. They lost that one. And they lost their quarterback. Okay? They lost Mertz, who was their guy. So it's unbelievable that this game will be played now with two backup quarterbacks. The Gators, it's a redshirt freshman who loves to run the football. Okay, I think he's more confident in looking for the run than he is in his pass at this point. I believe our defense has to contain him, has to contain him, and harass the shit out of him when he tries to do a pass because he's capable. He is capable. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. Max and Brown, for, Max Brown. Yeah, for transitioning to the yeah kind of quarterback battles, I think, once again, it, it sucks what happened to Mertz. You don't want to see that happen. No, uh, he's had a really good year. He's had uh, a good Florida. year. Um, and, and yeah, you're you're now they have Max Brown, who's who's a much more athletic quarterback than Mertz is. This this guy, but he should against Missouri, who who's got a pretty decent defense. This guy made him sweat a little bit. He came in cold, very little playing time, and uh, he was able to make some plays uh, for the Florida offense. But he fundamentally changes the way Florida plays due to his athletic ability and the way he can run the football. And so I think it puts this game a little bit, like you said, it makes it a little bit tougher for the lower state defense because you have very little tape except for last week. Fuller even mentioned they're going to have to go back to high school tape because of what you don't have on him based on college and see what what they potentially may use him for because Florida has to change some of their offensive game plan. But they saw what worked against Missouri last week, and they they know Florida Florida State has struggled at times with mobile quarterbacks. They saw it against BC. We've we struggled against Castellanos and his run running ability, and that was due because we didn't we didn't really know what to expect from uh, Castellanos either. And, and we're kind of in a similar situation. And I think Florida absolutely has better receiving athletes than BC did uh, with Persall and, and those guys. And so they have it, a good running back, too. In, well, that's yeah. going to be the key. That's going to be one of the keys. They cannot allow Florida to run like they did against Missouri. They Florida was able to run up the gut on Missouri. They Florida was able to you know kind of run at will against Missouri, which wasn't expected. And that allowed Max Brown to do what you just saw there, do the little read option there and make some plays with the football. You are going to have to shut down the run game, number one, and make this guy into a passer and limit his big play potential. He may run for a couple big plays, 7, 8, 15 yards here and there, but you have to shut down the run because you cannot let a play like that happen on Saturday. You cannot let a running back 
breakthrough like we kind of saw against uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago against Miami, where remember Cheney was just able to cut outside and run for you know 40, 50 yards a couple of times, right? Until we adjust in the second half. I don't know if you're going to have Jordan Travis got you out of a lot of bad situations this year, last year, and the year before. You don't want to get into a hole and come and come to the second half and make adjustments. This team has been a very, very much a second half team. I think we can all agree defensively. They see what happens, and full adjust, and they shut down the other team. You know, and the offense has sometimes been cold to start to get points on the board, and we saw it against Northern Alabama. We got to a 13-0 hole. Couldn't score on them. And, and, and then things kind of slowly turned around. Adam Fuller adjusted. You, you shut them out. And then points get on the board. I don't know if you can afford to do that, even with the quarterback situation at Florida, just because they were able to run the ball so effectively against Missouri. And this kid was also able to make plays. Given that running ability of his, I think you have to start fast on offense. I think they're going to come out. I, I believe Florida State will come out throwing against Florida. I think they're going to take chances against Florida. And I, I think they're going to allow, like you said, I don't think they're going to limit the fl- playbook uh, of Rodemaker. I think they're going to allow him to play the way he wants to play and use his arm. And it's going to really be on who makes the least amount of mistakes, really, offensively and defensively. Who makes the least amount of mistakes on Saturday is going to win? Because this is going to be within seven points, is my belief. I, I think this game will be easy. Yeah, the, spread, the spread is, is seven now, I think. You know, yeah. the last time the last time I looked, I I, I agree with your assessment there, KB. Uh, this kid, this Florida kid, uh, Max Brown, he's capable. He's capable of beating you. He would not be at the University of Florida if he didn't have some talent. Okay, the kid is a big kid, and I do believe that he has more confidence in his legs. And if he sees daylight, he's going to take those seven or eight yards each and every time. And his offensive line is is okay i mean it's okay it's banged up it's we, they're really yeah, banged but up. but listen we're a little banged up too on our defensive uh we need to get after this guy and we got to dominate so that's why i say you we can't say the whole game's on tate rodemaker it's not no, no. it's if our defense dominates dominates then we're we're gonna win the game with tate rodemaker if our defense gives up big gash plays to etn etn and this kid, this ETN kid, he can rip it. He doesn't need much daylight. Once he gets into the secondary, he's gone, okay? So we can't do that, and we can't get behind like we did last week, okay? Yeah. If we do that, you're putting too much pressure on your young quarterback. Yeah, yeah, you cannot, yeah, I agree. It, it's going to be in all phases of the game. It's going to be on offense, defense, especially teams are going to beat Florida. You cannot allow the big runs like you did against Miami early in the first half because I, I you don't want to put Tate Ronmaker in this offense in the hole. You you don't want to no. put that pressure on him to have to battle back. Even though I think he can do it, you don't want to get in that hole. You shouldn't. You, you, you shut down the run, and then you'll, be, you'll limit Max Brown to have to start looking to pass the ball. Make this guy pass on you. Make him prove that he can pass on you. Shut down the run effectively. Start it, start it quick. Start it early. Shut down the run. And make Max Brown prove he can throw on you. That, well, just, that is how you I, that's how you start winning. We, but we also have to support our young quarterback, Tate, with our running game. Okay? This is why I say the key to this game, in my estimation, is the offensive line. It's yeah, our offensive line, which I believe is average. They're going to have to play above and beyond uh, their heads, as far as I'm concerned. And I've said it all season long. I've had concerns. Now they have to play their asses off because if something goes wrong in this game and he's getting they're, – they're going to blitz him early on. They're going to try to rattle. Wouldn't you as a defensive coordinator? I'm going to bring guys first. I'm going to see if my front four can get there. If my front four can get there, I don't have to blitz too many times. But on third down, you can bet your ass they're coming after him. We Even with Jordan, we had a lot of thirds and, third and eight, third and 12, third and 10. If we put Rodemaker in that, he could make mistakes and throw the ball where we don't want it. And it's going, as far as I'm concerned, it's going to be on the old line. Well, remember, I, I think a, a good – if you want to go back and watch a game – well, the only game you can really watch is Louisville game, and Louisville did bring some pressure on him. And he made a mistake. His first pass in the game, I believe, against Louisville when he came in was an interception. But he bounced back from that. And I think if you look at the Louisville game, you look at those highlights from that game, 
the kid was under pressure, but he but once he once he got locked into that Louisville game, he makes the throw, and he's gonna have to make. I believe on Saturday they're gonna have to call the offense very similar to the way they did. Because look at the pressure Louisville brought, but look at the way he nails this throw. I, I think we're gonna have to see similar play out of him, where you get these one on one matchups in the middle of the field, and he and he nails that throw. But the the only way that happens if the guys catch the damn football. They have to catch it. Set, it's unacceptable at this point that guys are consistently dropping footballs. You are not going to be able to, you are not going to be successful against Florida and against Louisville if you keep dropping the football. At some point, it is going to bite you in the ass. You cannot be a great or an elite football team if you keep dropping the football. It's becoming it's becoming an issue. I don't know if it's a mental, a coaching, I don't know what it is. But now that you have a, uh, you know, Tate, who is coming in, you have to make catches like this. You have to make open catches. You have to make the tough catches. You have to bail your quarterback out when he gives you the ball within your radius. No more excuses, guys. These are the biggest games of your season. You are playing. You are out of the top four now. You are playing for your season at this point. You cannot drop the gimme balls. If it's in your radius, if it hits your hands, you have to catch it. If not, your season may be over. That's what you have to think about at this point. Yeah, there's not going to be, and, and, and uh, you know, I just, I, I, it's all phases of the game. You are now in the playoffs, as far as I'm concerned, and as, and, and you know what, the playoff committee pretty much said that. I wrote down some of the quotes here. They pretty much think that Washington is a better team, eye candy wise and schedule wise. They supposedly, Washington has the number one strength of schedule. Florida State has number four. But they like that Washington team. They suppose they said this guy named Boo Corrigan, okay, Boo Corrigan, the chairman of the committee, said the injuries to Jordan Travis had nothing to do with Florida State dropping. Man, eh, I don't know. Because the committee in the, in the committee language they can drop you if there's a significant injury to key personnel. It says that right in their guidelines. So they're looking for any excuse. If Florida State goes in the swamp and wins by seven, that's good. That's all. If we win by three, if we win by one, yeah. that's good enough. Win. Just, just win. Just win. That's, okay. That's, it. that's, that's it. the ball game. You know what? Because I always said this, and I've been around this team since the mid-60s, Okay. I always said I could lose every game on a schedule, but you got to beat Miami and you got to beat Florida. I mean, it's just, it burns, it burns you to the core. Yep. It burns you to the core if you lose to Miami and much less Florida. Okay. Well, that's why I wanted to share this clip because you probably remember. I wasn't, well, I was barely alive. I was, what, six years old, seven years old when, uh, when Florida State had to play with a backup quarterback against Florida. Is that Marcus um, Marcus Cuisin? Uh I, I believe so. Uh, is that Marcus No, no, this no. This is Peter no, Warwick no. And, and Rooster, I believe it, oh, 25 years ago. Um when they had to play a backup quarterback against Florida Gators and Peter Warwick just put on a show with it. You know, um, and I think that's Marcus uh, Marcus Cuisin. Yeah, this is there are there have been a history of games where guys came off the bench Okay, they came off the bench. Marcus, I, I I watched the game on TV. I wasn't there. I watched it, and I was, you know, I was like, oh my god, how are we gonna do this? And it worked out because these guys played their asses off. And guys make damn plays. You have to have you guys gotta that make, are plays. To make plays. You gotta you make, plays. make plays. Somebody you have, has you to make a play. This. You have right. Keon Coleman. You have Johnny Wilson. You have Jaheim Bell. You have Toa Philly. You have Trey Benson. That's why. You know, it sucks to lose uh, Jordan Travis, but you have players that can make these plays around Tate Rodemaker. You have elite playmakers that need to step up and start making these plays. And Mike Norvell has to find plays to get them the ball. Keon Coleman needs the ball in his hand more. He needs to get the yeah. ball in his hands more. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. need to find plays to do it. I it, it, it baffles my mind that Keon Coleman only touches the ball four to five times a game. It baffles my mind. It's not, I, I don't think he's gar being I, guarded by three people. And if he is, I know he can still get open. They need to find a way to get that guy the ball more. Mike, get that Keon Coleman the ball in his hands seven to eight times a game because he will make plays for you. I guarantee that. I, I, think, I, think, I think 
it, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a nail biter all the way. It's gonna be a nail biter all the way, and it really, you know, I've seen some exciting Florida Florida State games in my lifetime, and I and I get more nervous for these games than any other game on the schedule, including the Miami one. You want to beat Florida so damn bad, okay? Yeah. And and Jordan Travis in the hospital or at home or maybe he's at the stadium. Maybe he's on the sideline, you know? He wants that energy put into the victory and not into him, okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. He, he, if I... I was hoping Jordan Travis, and he, maybe he did, because he sent a statement that Norvell read to the team. And I bet you that statement said, you go take care of your damn business, and then you come see me after the game. Uh, okay? You take care of your business this week. I don't want to hear from you. I want you I want you fully focused. That's what I want. And you know what? I think I think that's what's going to happen. This team, this team now has to come out and show themselves not the playoff committee, not anybody else. You play the game to win for everything you've built since the spring and the summer and through the fall. There is no reason you shouldn't take down this Florida Gator team. Absolutely no reason whatsoever. And I agree, Mark. Peter, he, Keon Coleman, it does look like Peter Warwick. I, I, that's what you've got to find a way to get that guy the ball more. It, it, that's the thing that maddens me so much that the guy does not have that ball in his hands more. I, uh, it, just see what he does in punt returns. Just see what the guy does in punt returns. Get the guy the ball and let's go. But uh, there's no reason that Florida State should not win this game, regardless of who's quarterback. And I think Tate has more than enough ability to win it, and let's leave it at that. So what? what is your prediction for Saturday? What is, what is your score prediction? I think it's going to be a little bit higher than we thought. I don't know what the over-under is. I, I see something like a 27-23 uh, Florida State. 27-23 Florida State. And you know what? Fitzy, our kicker, he could be a difference in this game. I've been waiting for him for two seasons now to be. He hasn't had that moment where you walk off with a field goal and win the damn game. He hasn't been put into that position, yep. okay? This could be one of those games, okay, where where he is put in that position. So he has, you know, he has pressure on him, but everybody has pressure. You go out and play, whether it's verse, you know, verse, or, or whether it's uh, uh, anyone else, uh, Trey Benson. This is the game. You're in the playoffs. They start Saturday. That's yep. when the playoffs begin. Yeah, right there. The line is uh, so Florida State six in the six point favorites against Florida right now, uh, and those uh, over under is fifty one and a half points. So yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, I see twenty seven, twenty three. Yeah, I, 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 this will be a close game. I like you said down to the wire. Both teams are fighting for a lot. Florida State's fighting for the playoffs. Gators are, are fighting for a bowl, and it's, you know it's senior night for them. At you know, <laughs> prime time in the evening, senior night, they have they're playing for a lot, like like everyone's saying. You, you know, the coach is playing for his job potentially, right? He's playing for recruiting at that alive. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing for extra weeks of practices with his team to uh, keep the recruiting trail alive to close the season strong. There's a lot on the line for both these teams, regardless of their records, right? You know, so and once again, like I'll keep saying it. You know, I hate that it happened this way, but we also get to evaluate Tate Rock. Mike Norvell, well, I true. guarantee you, is, is going true. to be evaluating Tate Rockmaker for next season. Of He's going to see how is he how does he manage these big games like this? How is he managing the offense? And do I, you know, do I need to look, you know, to towards the portal because we're starting now. The portal is starting to open. You know, people are ending their names in the portal and quarterbacks and names are being floated out there, stuff like that. But we're going to see. You know, two, you know, three games minimum of Tate Rodemaker as a starter with great weapons around him, right? So this will be Mike Norvell coaching staff, their time to get Tate, to get an evaluation tool of Tate Rodemaker to see if he's the guy for next year or is it Brock? Uh, Duffy's going to portal. I'm 100% certain. Yeah, just because I of the death so. chart. And I, I don't blame so. him. I don't blame him for that. But uh, we don't blame or him. do we need to go to the portal potentially? But I believe in Tate. I believe he can lead this team. I believe in the weapons around him. But like you said, it's offense, it's defense, and special teams. 
play clean football, make big plays, pin them back when you have the chance to punt it. And I think if you win, if you, you know, obviously if you dominate all three phases, you win the game. But if you do all three phases as well, it makes it a lot easier to win the game. But I, I think the biggest thing so is Tate has to play clean football. Don't get behind early. Don't make you yourself have to force and dig yourself out of the hole and play comfortable. I, I, I yeah. So I, I don't want to keep repeating myself. I feel no, like I'm no, but I, I, I just want to make sure too is we have to understand there's a lot of elements on this football team that's going to win or lose this this game on Saturday. Yeah. And yeah. and yeah, if Tate Ronemaker throws three interceptions because he does some bad judgment, yeah, he's got to accept responsibility for that. But if our kicker goes out and misses two easy field goals, he's got to accept the responsibility. If Jared Verse doesn't get two and a half sacks in this game, he has to accept some responsibility or put the pressure. No, you understand what I'm saying, KB. This defensive line now, I feel pretty good about. But they've got to get the damn job done. This is the game right now because of what I've said, because it's a state rivalry game. That alone, that alone, I want this game more than anything. Yeah. I, want I want to see game. who steps up in a leadership role with Jordan Travis out. Someone's got to, you know, and I believe there's a lot of leaders on the scene, but who's going to step up if things start going haywire? So, you know, if they get behind, if Tate throws in their interception, who's going to be that leader to take Jordan Travis's place? Because someone needs to take that role because Jordan Travis, we know, was a key figurehead on this team. And he still is. Let's not act like he's not part of the team anymore. But he's not no, on the he field. is part of the yeah, team. but he's not on the field anymore. So who is going to be that guy that rounds everybody up and says, it's okay. We're still in this. One mistake isn't going to ruin us. Two mistakes isn't going to ruin us. Keep them focused. So someone's going to have to step up, especially on the offensive side, and say, it's all right, guys. Calm down. Play football. It, it's not over after one or two mistakes. Let, let's let's get it. So I, I'm looking forward to see who steps up as that leadership role for this team. Is it Trey Benson? Is it Johnny? Is it Keon? We'll see on Saturday. So, well, who is that guy Florida has? He didn't play against Missouri. The guy weighs like 450 pounds on the defensive line. I don't know if he's injured. The guy doesn't move that well. He just pushes the center. The center has a big problem. And we need and and when we talk about center, we need to talk about injuries. We one of the goals I said against North Alabama was win the game, win the game big, and get out without any injuries. Uh, we got chewed up. It was a meat grinder for Florida State. Jordan Travis out. Maurice Smith goes down. I don't know what his status is. You know, I don't think Michael, Caleb Deloach even played in the game. Deloach didn't play last week. He wasn't even so. suited no. up. Well, I don't know if he wasn't suited. I just don't think he, he did. Played. He didn't play at all. I'm yeah. telling you. He, it, Norvell was sad for him because it was senior night yeah. and he didn't get to play. Yeah. I was shocked that he didn't play. He must be hurt significantly more and it's going to limit his play against florida which is a problem that's a huge loss that's that a is huge, a huge he loss. Is not the missile he's the human missile going to that quarterback and now with him out well, and he's also let's not, say he's out. let's not say he's no, out i'm not saying he's out that. but you know what i was i felt a little bad because he couldn't have suited up and just gotten on the field for two plays and come out and, and showed up you know what i'm saying he, that's how bad he's probably been hurt that he couldn't even do that. So I, I think he's going to try to give it a go, but I, I think he's going to be very limited. Does anyone, if anyone in the chat knows the status for Saturday, that would be, uh, that would be, yeah. And as, uh, I don't know if he's been seen at practice or what. I, I Maurice has I, been banked up all year. He's been playing through an injury all year. Now, so. how about Ronaldo Green? He went out. I think he had a sling on his arm. I mean, he they went do that precautionary too sometimes, but I, I feel like he played most of it. And I obviously Mike Norvell isn't giving me a lot of injury updates, so um, no, he, he's not going to get be, much which, or nothing you know, on that, which is fine. I don't, I understand that. That's part of the policy he wants, and that's and that's okay. Uh, but uh, so what? What uh, Mike Norvell said, I think yesterday or today, is that he said, "I'm definitely very hopeful about Kalen Deloach." And he expects him to be ready. Uh, so this week, and he said the same thing about Renardo Green and Marie Smith that he felt good about where they were this past Sunday. Um, but he won't know as we get closer to the kickoff uh, what it looks like. So that that makes me not as confident that we're basically waiting till kickoff to see where they're at. But uh, with three key guys, Deloach, Renardo Green, and Marie Smith. I mean, if you're down those three players, especially at the linebacker position, you know, especially at a linebacker where you're probably the thinnest. Of them all, and Deloach by far is the leader of that group. 
that could be a big hit, especially when you're talking about, we showed the clips before of the Florida running game last week against, against Missouri. That could cause some issues. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that Kalen Deloach is healthy enough to come back next week, uh, come back this Saturday, because we're going to need him. And, and losing Renaro Green, your top rated, you know, a top top 10 defensive back in the country right now. One-on-one -on -one guy. Yeah, yeah, you need him because you're going to go up against some talented guys this week. Um, yes, you are. So so you need him back. So that's something to keep in mind as we get closer and closer to Saturday. Um, but the stats, because we won't know. No one's going to know. If those guys are playing until we see on camera footage on Saturday, that that's the scary part. So, yeah, and if if uh, if those guys aren't in there, their replacements are going to get targeted. Okay, the the oh, yeah. offensive coordinators upstairs, they're going to look at the, the who's in there, and they're going to go after guys. If you've got a younger linebacker in there, you don't think they're going to throw some tight ends in his area to see how they handle that? Yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be a tight game, folks. It's going to yeah. be a nervous tight game i will be nervous about it because of everything that's at stake but for me it's always the florida florida state rivalry somebody on twitter this week put up uh, an old game back in the 60s the lane fenner touchdown catch there was no social media there were no computers it was a picture in the newspaper the next day the referee i'll never forget that guy he called it, no, he was out of bounds. And it was clear by the photographer photo, Lane Fenner had, I think, both feet in bounds. And it was incredible. I listened to this game on the radio. I don't even think it was on TV at the time, at least in my area. And Lane Fenner made the catch at the end of the game and we the game was stolen from us and you know i i say i don't say a lot about referees but it was one of the worst calls ever gary Padgett, who you just said threw that gary Padgett was a hell of a quarterback who eventually injures his arm at some point in his career at florida state and was turned into a running back uh, this game was incredible and this guy waved it off i forget his name i hated that guy for years absolutely hated that guy for years yeah it was unbelievable uh, i wish i could find that referee's name oh my why god why are you worried about the referees oh i everybody hated point. that guy we all had his name oh but lane fenner like that lane fenner a great catch but these florida florida state games there's Wait, nothing they, they called this out <laughs> they called it out the referee's right there calls the out of bounds he's right there across the there's the end line yeah, there's the end line. There was no juggling. He didn't call it juggling. Nothing. He just said, no, he's out, out of bounds. Incredible. Oh. Incredible. So Gary Padgett. Yep. Incredible. So uh, but there's been some great Florida, Florida State games. Uh, and uh, it, it's all, look at that. Look, how is that out? This idiot here. This idiot. <laughs> I swear to God, he holds grudges, paid guys. off. He I think grudges. he was paid off. I swear <laughs> to God. You know, so yeah, I get a little excited about the Florida Florida State matchup. I always have. Uh, you know, I just I I I care more about this and finishing the regular season undefeated than really going to the playoffs. I'll be honest with you. I'll be no, honest. Take care of the next two games, and like I like I said at the beginning, take control the thing. Worry about the things you can control. You can't worry about what the committee decides. No. If you go out and win your games and they right. they don't right. let you win, that's You're on right. them. You're right. You go You're you right. go undefeated in the season and they don't let you in. You're right. That's on them. Let the media talk about yeah. it, but you can only control what you control. You control your preparation and your execution. That's yeah. all you can do. Hunt him that's down, pops. You're yeah. damn right. I think he's probably dead by now. Probably <laughs> died of natural causes. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, uh, he would have been an old guy. He's gone, man. That guy's gone. Hey. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, this is going to be very close. Everybody's going to have to buckle up their seat belts. What time is the game again? What time is it? Is it 6.30? Oh, it's a 6.30? I, okay. I, I don't know. Don't, don't I'll I, be I, honest I, with I, you. I was thinking of going to the game. The tickets no. have dropped Seven down a little bit. 7 o'clock. The ticket prices have dropped down. You can get it on TickPix. You can get a ticket for 178 now, all in, no extra fees. 
I, I swear to God, I can't go there and sit with those with the gators around. I, I you know, if I was sitting in the middle of them, I, I, my head would explode. I, I just can't do it. So yeah. I'll be watching it at home, like you'll be watching it at your house. And uh, yeah, we don't talk and, much during the game, do we? We no. we don't we you because I seen you. I I saw you when we were doing the live show, the game show. You go like crazy. You know, you got to settle down. I'm fine okay. when people aren't around me. Um, and interesting, Florida, this they're doing so, you know, Jimbo or uh, Winston got honored this past Saturday and got yep. his name up, w- retired, which was great. Yep. Um, Florida's doing it, or they're honoring Tebow at this game. Oh, this, this weekend. shit. So, you know, if it was going to be Pat's already, oh, um, that Tebow's whole team, that he, whole, you know, he, oh, you know, he's being inducted into the College Hall of Fame. Oh. So, they're doing it before he's inducted. Uh, and he deserves it, and he deserves it. Yeah, I, yeah, but I'm saying they're going to be extra amped up in that stadium for him, and yeah, everyone ramped up. If it, if it wasn't going to be packed, I'm sure, you know, this is the cherry on top. So he'll be there. He'll be, you know, get his claps, and it'll hype up the crowd. So it's going to be crazy in there. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. I hope. I hope we win the toss and we defer to the second half. Let's get our defense out there because the adrenaline. We've got to take. We've got to handle their surge, their initial surge. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. for the first quarter, okay, yeah, yeah. first quarter, and you know what? You got to watch out for them because we may think, well, he's a freshman quarterback; he may just no, hand no, it no. off. He may come out and throw a freaking bomb down the field. That's what I'm saying. Okay, that, that's they're gonna have. There's gonna be a. This will be a big game of adjustment, I think, especially for Florida State because there is so little tape on this kid. But I, I expect Florida to take a lot of chances. They have nothing to lose. It's like Northern Alabama. How many? Tr- tr- I mean, I know that was their thing, but Northern Alabama had every trick playing the book. And look, they they were up thirteen zero in the first quarter because Florida State didn't know what to expect. Well, they should have expected some trick plays, but they couldn't adjust to it in real time. You got into halftime, you readjust. Okay, you shut them down. But Florida, I expect them to throw the kitchen sink at, at Florida State, especially with this kid who can do a lot more athletically than Graham Merce could in terms of I, I think he's a lot quicker. And they may he may not be able to throw like Graham can. I, I believe that they're not going to hold things back just because he's a you know a, a new kid in the system and hasn't played a lot. I, I believe they will go all in and, and not be conservative on, on Saturday. It's going to be all chips in, all chips in for both sides, and it, as it should be. Yeah, it's a huge. It's you know sometimes there's not a lot of meaning in the game beside being a state rival, but there's a hell of a lot of chips on the table as you said. It's going to be. A, it's there's be, a lot. There's going to be a lot of press coverage. And it's gonna be. It's gonna be. This is what you play the game for. This is what. This is the Michael Jordan. This is what he loved, and he always wanted the ball. He said, "I always wanted the ball, even if I wasn't gonna make all the shots. I want. If you don't want to play, this is not the game to show up to." Absolutely, and and that's big players need to make big plays in the big game, and this is where Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, they gotta step up. They need to catch the ball, no drops, and make big plays for Tate Run. Yeah, well, I, I forget what uh, RG three calls them. He may, uh, calls them. <laughs> he calls them HBOs. You, you got to make the HBO plays. Help a brother out. Yeah, uh, brother <laughs> out. yeah that, that's good. That's good. You got to make yeah. the HBO yeah. plays for him. Now let me follow up on the 2013 team. There It was pretty cool when uh, Teofili wasn't that Teofili ran into yeah. the uh, end zone and they mobbed him and. And all of that. that That's pretty cool. One of the things that came up that they, I don't know, somebody was talking about, it caught my ear, was, was Jimbo Fisher invited to come to the game? And should he have been invited or not? What are, you, what are your thoughts? And I'll give you mine. Um, I mean... I mean, I mean, it's not like he's busy. So yeah, I mean, if if it wasn't like something where you had to invite it six weeks out, I would have invited him. I I don't. I think the only issue is is that he kind of bashed the administration on the way out. Even though I do think it's a new administration, so I don't think there's anything bad there. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you typically do unless a coach is retired. So no, I don't. I don't think it's an expectation. Now, if he had. If he was retired and just chilling back, well, he, course, he's kind of re, he's kind of retired. I, I think, well, yeah, financially retired because of seventy six. No, no, he's kind of retired. He wasn't yeah, coaching. financially retired because he got a big paycheck, and yeah, he got fired. But I, I think, given the circumstances, it was better not to because 
you don't want that. You don't want Jimbo Fisher being the focus of that day. You want it on those players and on the seniors. And so I think it was the right decision. Well, I would like to know if any of the coaches of that staff were invited. You know, did you did Odell you just there? Say, he's on the coaches there. Who? Who? Odell. Odell was. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, no, we're talking there. about coaches. That, you know, were any coaches invited as part of the staff, or that's not what they do? You know what I mean? But let me say this. I wouldn't have had a problem if Jimbo Fisher was there. He was part of the team. He guided the program. He guided that team to the championship. You can love him or hate him. It doesn't really matter to me. Okay, I didn't like the way he left the program. A lot of people didn't like how Bobby Bowden was pushed out of the program. Okay, but if you're part of that team being honored, it should be everybody coaches, trainers, if you invite just certain people to come and be on the field, they wouldn't, they weren't giving them seats. They were just standing on the field. Then I don't, I personally don't have a problem with it. I don't think we need to debate it long. I don't know how other people feel. Our our listeners out there, do you think Jimbo should have been there? Jimbo quit recruiting while he was still collecting FSU checks. Do you think he should have been there, though, JT13? No, he says no. He says no. No, he didn't say that. He, he literally say says no. no. Oh, he said no. no. Okay, okay. <laughs> say no. I, no, and the other comment, he didn't say no. You flipped that one up. Jimbo's an ass. <laughs> he was the coach. He should have been invited. Okay, okay. You can love or hate a guy, and, and, and you know, you still, he was part of the championship team. But yeah, let us know in the chat if you think Jimbo should have been invited to it. Uh, I know some of those other guys, uh, what's his name? Uh, the one guy's coaching at Colorado, so he probably couldn't travel for the weekend. because Oh, game. no, so, yeah, but Jimbo was available. Are... Jimbo yeah, was yeah, available. Yeah. Did the yeah. AD, I'd love to know it. If you're an insider with media access, I would love for you to address, did the AD call up Jimbo Fisher? Say, hey, Jimbo, we're honoring the team. Do you want to be here? I think it would have been weird, but you know, those, yeah, somebody, hey, knows, listen, somebody knows. Then. Those are the types of stories I wish we'd see more of instead of, oh, we're going after this three-star guy down in Palm Beach someplace. I would like to see some of these kind of stories like that. I think they're kind of interesting, but maybe others don't. I don't know, you know. All some right. pe- A lot of people don't like some of the shit I come up with, but it's more my shit. It's my pile of shit, so... You know, I'll take accountability for it. Well, speaking of, of other topics as we move away from Florida State in general, but I thought this this was sort of, it's obviously related to Florida State, but I saw this saw this chart. I don't know if anyone else saw this online. I thought it was interesting. So we talk about coaching staff and what they inherit and stuff like that and how bad it was. So this guy made this chart based on how much talent a coach inherited when they took over a program. And How does a guy have success. all day to do this shit? He runs a website called College Football Data. <laughs> I guess how he pays his mortgage, I guess. So I thought this was interesting in terms of... God, I don't know how well we it. people can um, see this thing. I'm going to zoom this in. There you go. So it's t- basically you want to be in the upper right quadrant, quadrant. That tells you that Ryan Day by far inherited the most talent of any coach when he took over at Ohio State. And that's why, you know... So, so the argument is these coaches that, you know, is Ryan Day a good coach or did he just inherit a great situation? That That is the uh, that is the question. Now You, you look still at, have to be a good coach. Well, look yeah, at Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart. That's him right there. Where? Right right here. This is Willie Taggart. Oh. He inherited a lot of talent. He was a terrible well, coach. That's exactly. What and that's what this, and that's, this is what it kind of points to. It's like yeah. you can inherit a ton of talent, be a, be a horrible coach. And you can see it go both ways. So I thought this was really interesting. You see Mike Norvell down here. This is what he inherited. So you go from yeah. Willie Tackard down yeah. to here in terms of what Mike Norvell, yeah. Mike yeah. Norvell. But look at the results now Mike Norvell's getting with what right. he inherited and yeah. how he's churned the roster out, how he's improved the roster, and where he's gotten the team to improve and grow right. from. I, I think this was just really interesting to see where all these coaches line up. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, this guy must be very analytical as hell. You know? I, I, I think it's. I think it's really, really interesting. Something that look it up. You know, this guy, uh, Bill, I can't pronounce her, Ragajuski. Ragajuski. I call it football data. Um, but you can, yeah, it kind of breaks down like what they inherited and how they did with their talent. And, and if they did, if, if they performed with it the right way or the wrong way. And I think seeing Mike Norvell basically go from here to up here in terms of performance 
based on what he inherited, it's a good sign for Florida State fans. And I think well, it's showing it up from here. So yeah. a couple of thoughts on this. You know, first I was gonna put together all these stats on Florida and Florida's aid and numbers. You know what a game like this comes down to it comes down to performance. Play by play performance. Yep. All you throw all the stats out the damn window. They know who the key players are. Okay. So it, it's gonna come down to performance. It's gonna come down to mistakes, as you said, and, yep. and and it's gonna come down to a team effort, period. And that's how this game's gonna be played out. And like you say, all the chips are on the line. Now, let me say this. I I, I had a note here about the uh, playoff committee thing before yep. we get into our conclusions here. They were talking a lot about this eye test shit, you know, eye test of, of well, Washington passes a better eye test than FSU. In fact, the guy said, the chairman said, well, you know, Florida State was down 14 to nothing. And he said, you know, well, that didn't really pass the eye test. Well, did they, scoring 58 or yeah. seven unanswered points, did that score? No, because they're playing nobody. And so they gave a lot of credit to Washington. But I don't like this eye test shit. And they use box that score. word a lot. It's box score. It, I, I test no, 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 no. It's score. watching the game. They are not no. watching these games. They I said that they, they, they talked about watching the game. They the hell they want to say. Eye test means box score. We saw that in the box score, Florida State was down 13-0 in the first quarter. Yeah, it's not That's the way what I heard. they're saying. There's no way in hell they got on CW and watched the game. I guarantee you. I got a screen. I, I got a screen. You can see four games at once. Yeah, well. I, I had to go on the YouTube pirated stream to watch the game. <laughs> hey, uh, how does that work with those? What are they like Chinese guys? Uh, they run them off. And they run the whole game. You don't even you don't even have to have any of these expensive services. I I, I don't care. But whoever's doing it, please keep on doing it because <laughs> it was hell trying to find a CW. I don't know where that channel exists. Those men on the listen, dark webs. Those announcers probably. were horrible. You know what I don't like about announcers when announcers just read off little things some guy handed them to make believe like they really know what this team is or who these guys it's are. It's mostly announcers, though. It, it's mostly announcers. It's but did you, guys, did you guys like the uh, in-helmets or the, the referee cam? That was kind of... I, 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 didn't, I didn't hate it, but it was like... It wasn't... Hey, the, the best... That referee cam was kind of cool. I wish they would have had the referee cam on that guy, the referee in Miami, when what's-his-name went back... It was a third long. And he was gonna, and he hit the referee right here, uh, yeah, yeah. right here, and then they had the punt. That was a big play in that Miami game. Big play, big play. Uh, the last thing I want to show. So if anyone didn't, well, and to your point, the the Washington game. So if anyone saw any part of that game, that nice. was that game was a mess in terms of it was like downpour the entire game. Yeah, they said it was, it was messy. Uh, it was it was a but the game. committee gave them a lot of credit. Well, they for, won the ranked game on the road. I mean, they they did their job once again. Control what you can control. They're controlling what they can control, and where where you can only control what yeah. we can control. Yeah, that, that yeah, win you're, game, you're win exactly games, right. win you know? game, win the win game, game. win the um, game. You control this, your own destiny right now. You control. But, your uh, this was the biggest scene from the Washington game. If you didn't see it this past weekend. Um, I want to know, old man, have you ever seen this at a uh, Doe Campbell Stadium when you, uh, did you, have you seen this? Where's this at? This is at Washington Stadium. <laughs> what the hell is he doing? Is he peeing? Oh, that, that is, you can see the steam. That is gross. And why would people be standing there? This girl has no clue. She has no clue. Oh shit! Look, he's like. Are right, you serious? You can see the goalpost. He is like right underneath the H. That's a, yeah. That, like, that's a that's a steel beam. He's pissing on the steel beam, and and that's why it's radiating steam because that's a cold steel beam. This girl oh, on the other side God. has no clue. She has no clue what's going on. You what can a cooth! Look, How could they not see look, all look, of that radiating? She, look at her face. She has no clue. This that's on. his wife standing no, there. No, she has no clue. Oh shit! This girl knows. Because <laughs> she goes, "You're yeah. peeing on somebody." <laughs> well, let me be honest. Let me be honest. Let me be honest. Listen, I'm getting a little old now. I'm getting a little old, and when I go to when we go to games, it's it's quite a it's quite a it's fun, but it's quite an adventure, right? You see all kind of shit out there. 
I mean, it's, it's, you can't, and then uh, there's fights in the stands. <laughs> People are throwing up on each other in the stands. Then you leave. You can't get out of the parking lot. <laughs> you know, you then you can't get into a restaurant in Tallahassee. You can't get into one. Oh, so we we go into we try to get into a McDonald's. We look, we look, and some kids throwing up in the trash can. And I'm going, oh shit. You know, I mean it's that it's, that's the reason I don't go into the games anymore. It's not, <laughs> because stuff like that can happen. But uh Adagby, what you missed is basically Florida State's out. They're at five they're at five. We're watching at four, but you can't control that. So Dagby, go back and watch the entire show. Yeah. Start at the beginning, we discussed it, but yeah, we're at when five. We're done. It's, it's okay. It's okay. You know, it's okay. We love you being here, just, Dagby. Just, just win games. Just win games. That's all yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh yeah. that's gonna do it for us. Um so Saturday, seven o'clock. Hey, by the way. Okay. The eye test, Jim Harbaugh is not even on the damn sidelines for three games. Is that is that a significant loss that he sh- that that could be a problem in the playoffs? Why isn't that held against Michigan? He's not going to be on the sidelines for Ohio State. And let me say this. Let me say this. He accepted and Michigan accepted that as the penalty. You know what that means? They had all kind of shit on them. It's not and, over though. No, the NCAA is still investigating. That's kind of like in a court of law when you go no contest, meaning they got you dead to rights. You're willing to accept this this little slap on the hand, okay, to get out of this shit. So this season, he's already been, I think, suspended six games. Six games. He missed three or four games to begin the season, and now he's suspended for three for other five. Like. They don't have any problem passing the eye test, though. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. You know that's bullshit. Hey, wait a minute. What is this? Wait one more before we go. The C. Oh, not the CVS story again. The CVS across from Garnet and Gold. Okay, now, Garnet, God, please. No, no we're not talking about CVS. Garnet Gold has two pot of Johns. If you're walking down, you got to go, so you don't have to be like that jerk in Washington. There's two outside of Garnet and Gold pot of Johns, but you can go right across the CVS and they have uh, restrooms in there. It's a secret, secret place, but CVS right there has them. All right. All right. Well, thank you guys for stopping by. Hit the like button if you haven't already subscribed. We appreciate you all. Saturday, 7 p.m. Go Knowles. We're picking Florida State close, under seven and- points, under the spread, right around the spread. Are we going to do post-game reaction? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. I, if it's going to 1130, I may not be in. But we'll, yeah, you, we'll, you, we'll, you'll, yeah. Cut, yeah. Just check the channel. Subscribe. Put the bell on. You'll know if we go live with a post-game reaction or we'll do it Saturday or Sunday or Monday. But uh, thank you guys for stopping by. We appreciate the comments, questions. Appreciate we will it. see you maybe Saturday late at night or we'll see you for the post-game wrap-up on Monday or Tuesday. So take care, everyone. Have a great rest of your week. Have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, and uh, we will see you soon. Go Knowles. And Go Knowles. let's win on Saturday. Let's go. Have a good one, guys.